Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. We had the fortune to have several guests on the show last couple of weeks, and we've got more coming. So we had to postpone our final segment on the history of Spider-Man throughout all yeah. the media. Can um, We need to take a side tour real quick. All right. Because we, we uh, just so you know, the listeners, uh, Joe, James, and I got together yesterday for the first time since... Uh, months since christmas almost um and i didn't bring this up and i didn't realize we didn't bring it up um so i'm introducing my kids to several things that i like um and they're really into comic books now that's like three bad jokes keep going i know i was gonna say it's largely it's marlboro and schlitz marlboro Marlboro. i refuse to say it i don't want to give them a quarter so i'm not going to pronounce it correctly so, uh, you know, they've been introduced to superheroes. They love all the superhero movies. And to be honest with you, I was kind of running out of modern superhero films. So I was, I was like, well, what can I still show them? Because they said they want to watch a superhero movie. So I decided to show them Mystery Men. Yeah. Guys, why the hell did I like that movie? I don't know. No did you hear? I saw this and I was going to tell you this and I had forgotten, but now you've reminded me. Yeah. Um. I still have never found the director's oh, cut that supposedly exists. What's his name? Uh, the guy that's in uh, As Good As It Gets. Oh, crap. Greg, well, Kinnear. Greg, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear. Greg Kinnear said today that he would do a sequel if Ben Stiller will. I don't know if I'd want to see it. Oh, Seriously, I do. I want William H. Macy back. I want, uh, yeah, he's bringing I, back. I, I want Tom Waits and I want Paul Rubens. Those were the best parts of that whole movie. But man, I watched it with them and they loved it. I'm not going to lie. They said, daddy, I love, I, they really enjoyed it, but man, I'm going, why did I like this movie so much? Why have I defended it for all these years? It's, it's still smash had, mouth. You just love smash. Oh, mouth. I did love smash mouth back in, back in the day. I did. I had two of their CDs. I'm not going to lie. They had two CDs. They had more than that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, so well, anyway, well, I mean, past your rock star. And their cover of all star, sir. You're an all star, not a rock. And I'm star. starting to realize I really don't care for Game Ben Stiller. I don't like Ben Stiller. I like I'm Ben Stiller a, as a director, but I don't particularly care for. Yeah, him. I like him as a director. I don't. I think. I think Dodgeball, which is basically him reinventing his character from Heavyweights, was probably the only movie where I thought he was interesting. And I, that is including there's something about Mary. So anyway, uh, well, he's the he's the low point of there's something about Mary. Yeah, he's the straight man to everything else going around him. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Chris it's so, the all star. There's something about Mary. Go play. So let's talk about Spider Man so we can wrap this shit up and move on to greener pastures. We don't have greener pastures. Not in this economy. We can't afford them. No. Land property. Land no. property costs money. And all this, all this drought, all of our greens gone. <laughs> My, my, my lawn's all brown. I smoked all of mine. Now, back to what I was saying. Spider-Man, we ended the last episode talking about Spider-Man 1. Uh, William Defoe was the villain. Mm-hmm. William Defoe. I don't know why I said William Defoe. Now, guys, am I remembering this correctly? And I didn't go back to look, and I can't remember. I don't think we talked about it in the last one. It's John Malkovich, the original choice for the Green Goblin. I know he was Sam Raimi's choice to play the Vulture in part. So the Vulture in Spider-Man 4. I, was he the, the original I, choice for the Green Goblin? in my head. I need to make sure to look that up. 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I'll be honest with you. I did not know that either. Honestly, though, if you had to two, choose two people to be Green Goblin, those were two excellent choices. I couldn't imagine Green Goblin being anybody other but them. I will say this. It seems like maybe uh, John Malkovich was too old for, for Green Goblin at that point, which, which is why it made him a perfect casting for the Vulture Yeah, a few years later. Of course, we'll never get to see it, even though all these fans are crying for it. It's, they're not Disney is not going to Warner Brothers this, so we're not going to get a Sam Raimi Spider uh, Toby Maguire Spider Man four. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. So anyway, so I so, like the movie. I, I've been I've had to back to what Chad was saying. My kid loves Spider Man. Yeah, I've had to rewatch all the movies multiple times, and I stand by that first film of it. Don't get me wrong; not every word of it is is shakespeare but that movie's like a swiss watch if you go back and want the script script for it as it introduces each character goes through and then i didn't realize because i'm not such a comic book geek like you all of how well it establishes a lot of people that doesn't quite work out the way i mean like the lizard and a few others and, and just throw away lines throughout the movie yeah and yeah. it just to me it just works very well there are, I mean, honestly, there are some parts of, of the original Spider-Man, and I think we talked about this in the first episode. I still love it. Mm -hmm. It's it's in one of my top, it's one of my top comic book movies, period. Um, but there are parts that still, that don't land for me anymore that they did back in the day. Um, you know, for example, the the whole um, Thanksgiving scene, that, that whole scene from that movie, it still doesn't play well with me, even though, don't get me wrong, Watching William Defoe, I am right. John with those, turned down the opportunity. I didn't know that, but watching William Defoe with those knives as Aunt May slaps his hand, mm -hmm. I, I I I love that scene. But something about certain parts of that movie just don't click with me anymore. I, I don't know why. It, it they seem kind of tacked on. Yeah, but that's why uh, honestly, Spider Man Two is honestly one of my. Is I think I, I think we disagree on this. I'm not sure. I can't remember what your thoughts are. I still say Spider-Man Two is the best Spider-Man film. Period. I, I like the first one, but Spider-Man Two is the most Sam Raimi Spider-Man film because which it is has, probably why I love it as much as I do. Which is funny because Sam Raimi is my favorite director. So it's funny. Yeah. Going back to say, I there's something. I I like it, but him losing his spider juice. For lack of a better way, yeah, that's the only part that bothers me—the psychosomatic thing out of the movie. Because uh, rewatching it with my kid, it still is like and I, James. You, you, you may have to chat. You may want to chime in on this. When that happened in the movie, I thought they were. I thought Sam because I, I didn't. Again, this was before the internet, and even still with the internet now, I do. I refuse to read anything on movies prior to seeing them. I really thought they were going the the. By the way, the, he's the, not he's not over exaggerating. He doesn't even read the title. He just walks in and goes, "Movie ticket, please." Yes, <laughs> I, I just I just I just throw a piece of 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 uh, paper at the at the at the show times and go whatever. I tell the 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 ticket holder to ticket buyer whatever the fucker guys. When <laughs> whenever the paper ball hits, you buy you pay me that ticket. I don't want to know what it is. Um. Anyway, that was not funny anyway um but no i didn't i didn't i didn't read but when that happened in spider-man 2 i thought they were going the route of him losing his powers and you know him getting the six arms i'm like how are they going to fit all this into this and i'm like oh no it's just psychosomatic and i thought that was that was the lamest part of spider-man 2 for me 
there's a lot I struggle with with Spider-Man 2. And I love Spider-Man. We've talked about this already for two episodes. He's one of my favorite characters. One of the first superheroes I read. As here. Um, but there's a lot I struggle with because it bounces around too much between him being almost Superman and him losing his powers. And there's just something it does as somebody that loves that character. They were trying to make that character something like the, the train stopping scene. Always there's a thousand different ways in the comics. Spider-Man has stopped subways and other stuff. It's never been him in front of it using his muscles yeah. to do it. That is Superman. That is not Spider-Man. Yeah. Would yeah. I love to that see Sam? Would I love to see Sam Raimi's Superman? Sure. Did I need to see him try to do that with Spider-Man? No. There's a, a Spider-Man would think it out more. Superman would use brute strength. I'm not saying Superman's a dumb character. I'm just saying he has that strength. Spider-Man would have to figure out how he's going to do it to save everybody. To It wouldn't have been that way. See, honestly, I, I agree with James in that that is probably the in terms of spider-man mythos that was one of the most unbelievable scenes is him supermaning that subway but that didn't uh subway train but that didn't bother me in that scene what bothered me the most was the mask coming off and the entire train seeing it and they're like oh well, we're not gonna you know it's yeah. okay we're not gonna tell on you like there would have been one person on that train. but and his <laughs> so, name would have been something like dave yeah dave's like, gonna tell I'm like, there's somebody that's going to tell. That's that. That's that whole. Oh, we're new because again, all this happened right around 9/11, and it was all about New York pride. And I thought Sam Raimi was going way too strong into that. I think it's his personality, guys. I think that's the Sam Raimi thing. Of I, he probably has more optimism and whimsy than the three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, throughout I, his films. Yeah. And his get films. me wrong, it never bothered yeah, me. For a I, simple plan. It's the, the only thing that truly. The only thing that. There. Yeah, the only thing that ever truly bothered me was again that psychosomatic. Because I remember I went with a bunch of friends, and I was the only one bitching about it as we left the theater. I'm like, did it have to be psychosomatic? And I think one person who was with me didn't know what I meant. Uh, well, you know, if you didn't use big words and call them stupid, you wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> yeah. But I'm with you. I I agree. I, the taking the mask off, it's a cool scene. I get it. I don't believe it for a minute. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. believe that's the way that would go down this, in a minute. But also, I realize that if there were really were superheroes, it would be just like the boys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, that's and, that's unfortunately, I may be I may be a nihilist or filled with cynicism, but I'm pretty sure it would be just like the boys. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. I will say this: somewhere um, between the boys and RoboCop. Yes. Yeah. Since we and since we've just spent the last five minutes bitching about Spider-Man two, even though it's one of my favorite superhero films, period, it's a good movie. It really, we is. do we do got to talk about. I do love what Sam Raimi and the and the, and the screenwriters did with Doc Ock, because let's face it, up until that point, Doc Ock is just this smarmy villain who's all about himself. Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant, but he knows he's brilliant. Yeah, and he's just a narcissist. But in Spider-Man two, they made him a dramatic character he and is alfred, a man who go ahead alfred molina does that so well i'm so glad you said alfred molina's name i have sorry there's a stupid fly in here i've been wanting to say albert finney he does such a good job <laughs> albert finney would have made a great vulture old no. school vulture oh he would have yeah um but no i mean yeah alfred molina and he did it with such subtlety 
that's what I like about it more than anything. It was just so subtle in his, in his range. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't over the top, like Willem Dafoe. However, I like his performance better in No Way Home than I did in Spider-Man 2. Really? A little, but I'm only, I need to watch No Way Home some more, but I, there's just the opening where it's just kind of shoehorned about his wife and I get it and it's okay, but it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't flow. But I just, I just love that. And that's one of the things I liked about Spider-Man too, is honestly, Doc Ock is the character. It's just like why I like Avengers Endgame, uh, Avengers Affinity War better than Endgame because it wasn't about, it wasn't about the Avengers. It was about Thanos. It was a character study in Thanos. You liked the Affinity War better than Endgame? Uh, except except for the last 45 minutes, yes. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I rewatched it the other day. Endgame may very well be the, I don't know. That's hard, but it's maybe the, the last 45 minutes. Movie, best superhero movie ever made. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just love the fact that they focused on and why and, and, and focusing in on his on why he was doing what he was doing. That's why I liked Infinity War. It, it was captivating for me. Avengers uh, Endgame, again, the last 45 minutes, some of the best actions in, in cinema history. But the whole time travel thing, I thought uh, it lost interest to me in parts. No, I, yeah, I know we're supposed to talk about Spider-Man. And I actually think Dark Knight and uh, Endgame may be the two best superhero movies ever made. There's no, I'm not arguing any of that because Dark Knight is the best superhero movie ever made, period. But again, but the, but what I'm saying is about Spider-Man 2 is the focus was on Doc Ock and his evolution from good guy to villain. He also has a fantastic death scene. It does. It's beautiful as he falls um, down into his watery grave. And Doc Ock has never had that. And again, it's one of those things where it deviated from the comic books in a good way because Doc Ock just does not have that development in the comics. And that's one of the reasons I love Spider-Man 2. Hmm. Well... See, they made a lot more money, gentlemen. Yeah. They decided, you know, this Sam Raimi, we should give him some, uh, we should finally start telling him exactly what to do, get in his way at every well, step. Well, hold on. If we're, we're covering, we, if we're covering Spider-Man, before we get to Spider-Man Part 3, we got to cover a couple of things. Go. Um, the, the one thing I want to cover first is, so when Spider-Man came out, Spider-Man the movie, Spider-Man the movie, the video game came out, it was a success, but along with Spider-Man 2, which upped the ante in the Spider-Man in terms of making it better, so did Spider-Man 2, the video game for PlayStation. Really? That is, it's considered, a James, if I'm not wrong, it is considered a classic among video games. It, was, it, it is an excellent video game. I have not personally played it. I know tons of gamers who have who tell me that Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation was an amazing game to play. Uh, it, 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 it had a great story. It delved into Spider-Man's, uh, uh, you know, uh, Rogue's Gallery, um, and the gameplay was amazing. James, did you ever play it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Brief. I never got. Uh, I, I did not own the system at the time, but I had played it. Yes, and it's um, what they did with the Spider-Man games, the ones that were ties into the movie. Is they had fun with them, and what I mean by that is, like, even I think it's the first one. Maybe it is the second one. There was a code where you could play as Mary, maybe it's the second one, Mary Jane in the red dress. Yeah. Who never explained it. You just put in the code. You played as her. She had all Spider-Man's powers, but she was in the red dress from the movie. It didn't have to make sense. It was fun. And the best part about it is, Chad, is who narrated those games. Do you know? 
No, tell me. Bruce Campbell narrated the games. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, Spider-Man 1 and 2. I think he did both of them. Um, they were narrated by Bruce Campbell, and it had that Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell sense of humor um, just throughout it. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, if you if you go back and can find them or even watch YouTube clips of people playing them, it was, it was, it was, it was like the movie. Um, it really was it, him narrating it, him doing, uh, Bruce Campbell narrating, Bruce Campbell doing lines of dialogue, you know, and it was Bruce Campbell. It was, it had that same sort of, if you like Evil Dead, if you like Sam Raimi style humor, it carried over. And the fact they got Bruce Campbell to do the narration of a Sam Raimi themed video game that wasn't e one of the Evil Dead games. Yeah. It was just fascinating. So yeah, you can go online and find Bruce Campbell's narration of it. And it was, it was great. So yeah, uh, but Spider-Man 2 is considered a classic. And, and uh, it, 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 there are, uh, you can still buy, I can, I, I've been meaning to buy it. Like I can go to use video game stores and they still have the classic uh, uh, edition of Spider-Man 2 for an Xbox that I will eventually buy so I can play it. Um, but also before we get to Spider-Man 3, two low points in yeah. the Spider-Man comics happened. And I wanted to bring those up too. Um, so in 2006, we had Spider-Man Rain. James, do you know anything about Spider-Man Rain? Didn't ask Joe if he knew. I mean, I don't. Uh, well, I, I think I do, but go ahead. Let me make sure okay. I'm, I'm, I've got so, the right one in mind. Spider-Man Rain told the story of what happens if a superhero gets old. And this one covered, uh, there were several comic books like this at around the time. There was Old Man Logan told the story about what happened if Wolverine got old. Um, the, the movie Logan is loosely based on this. It, and if, you, if you've ever read the Old Man Logan story, it has nothing into the, the amazing Hugh Jackman movie. Uh, but Spider-Man reign was what if Spider-Man yeah. got old. Um, and he lives in a, a basically uh, mil uh, militarized version of New York he's still struggling um, to be a superhero uh, in that climate. Uh, but one of the more crazy scenes in comic history happened in this comic. And I wanted to bring it up. So he's finally at his, at his, at his low point. He's had enough. He's at his, he's at the end of his rope. Um, Mary Jane's gone. And uh, in his devastated mind, he goes to Mary Jane's gravesite. Mm -hmm digs up her corpse and starts hugging and crying um just full mental breakdown and we discover how mary jane died joe do you want to guess how mary jane died she had her last dance no james do you know Spider-Man is this is this a storyline where because of uh his his spider blood yes uh it gave her it her spider, her his radioactive semen killed Mary Jane. Yep, because it, it, she got cancer because she was sleeping with, uh, she, he got bit by a radioactive spider. Things are going to happen. With the enemy. Yeah, so that is how she died. <laughs> um, uh, and there is a full, uh, I had it up. Let me see. Here's the exact line where you reveal it happens. Uh, I did. I was, I am filled with radioactive blood and not just blood, every fluid touching me loving me mm. 
cold and so that was 2006. But you know, you know what that storyline was nicknamed Hold by on. some people. No. Well, a lot of people compared it, of course, to the Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller's epic old Batman story, right? Yeah. But even in this storyline, Spider-Man, when he's Spider-Man, he eventually gets back to where he makes sarcastic comments, the wit, the you know, the sarcasm and all yeah. that as he fights. So some people nicknamed it the Snark Night Returns. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Um, and then before we get into uh, the other disappointing story arc, and this goes down as one of those, um, fa- uh, the fans were absolute just fans going up in, in an outrage about the story arc. Um, one way, 2007. It is loosely, it, it, the story for the last Spider-Man film, uh, Spidey, Spider-Man, is it No Way Home? Is that the yeah. very last one that we'll talk about at the end? No Way uh, Home. It is loosely based, and I mean loosely based, on One More Day. Um, Which was written by uh, uh, JMS, John Michael Straczynski. Oh, really? Yeah, I almost said Brian Michael, but I thought I almost said Brian Michael been been this actually it was Sorry. him and Joe Quesada. Okay. So. Quesada. Okay. So in it Quesadilla. uh, uh <laughs> in it um uh Aunt May dies. Um and in his grief, Spider-Man, uh Tony Stark, uh it takes place during the Civil War uh story arc, which by the way, in again, different from the Avengers because in the uh in uh the Captain the comic America books, movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's completely different from the Captain America Civil War comic because in, I'm sorry, the the Captain America movie in the the Civil War series in the comic books, Iron Man is a true villain, mm-hmm. bar none. He is he is a terrible human being and how he turns on his and his friends. Um, and that actually and it's happened. about registration. If you're a yeah. superhero, you have to register with the government. Government, yeah. A story. Um, uh, and anyway, uh, so during this time. Uh, he refuses to help Aunt May as she lay dying um, in a hospital. She's she, they can't afford health care, um, so she ends up dying in a very cheap hospital where they won't take care of her. Um, so in Spider Man's grief, he comes. Uh, he meets with the all powerful demon Mephisto, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great Marvel character that doesn't that we. I hope one day appears in some kind of Marvel. Uh, There's times when it leads up to it, and I, I'm hoping. Once they, because they've got the dark hold, they've done uh-huh. that now. And if Ghost Rider, because according to legend, rumor, what have you, originally there there was a a rumor that the original script, which I would have loved to see what Sam Raimi would have done with it, Ghost Rider was going to be a character that would have appeared at one moment in um, uh, Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. And to me, if you're doing ghost rider you have to do mephisto yeah no offense meant to the 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 nick cage films which i enjoy as long as i don't think about them too much because i like i like that character mm-hmm. um i like nick cage it's a lot of fun to watch i just don't compare it to the books too much but yeah. but danny catch originally mephisto is who is heavily alluded to though he's originally just called the devil yeah so he makes a deal with Mephisto to bring Aunt May back. But of course, because Mephisto is the devil, there's a twist. Um, and what Mephisto does in no way in um, sorry, one more day is he takes away 
all of Spider Peter Parker's history. So he takes away uh, his relationship with Mary Jane. Um, so Mary Jane doesn't even know he exists. And this is what pissed fans off in 2007 because they retconned 45 years of, of Spider-Man history. Now, in DC, you can't get pissed off because unfortunately, this is one of the reasons I stopped reading DC comic books. They do it every three or four years. Uh, they, they just say, okay, we're starting over. Your stories, none of the stories you, you've been remembering matter. They yeah. don't do that with Spider-Man. And they now, did. and what they should have done, what they should have done is just ultimate lined it, right? Like, yeah. oh, no, no, this is a spinoff. Here's another universe. We'll do a limited series about it. But you're right. That's where they went wrong. Yeah. They said, no, no, this is the normal universe. This is Earth 626 or whatever. And peeved us all off. Yeah. And so, yeah, people. Which I like up. everybody that's involved with it, though. I mean, JMS, how could, I mean, God, he's great. Oh, man. But J JMS as great as he is, he does have his dark side, the, his bad size and con, but there's that whole one where he turns Spider-Man into a, 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 a hero. Uh, he decided to give up being Superman and he just walked across the United States, like Forrest Gump, occasionally helping people along the way, all a highway for highway from heaven, highway to heaven, <laughs> highway to hell, highway to hell. So, yeah. Um, so 2006, we had Spider-Man reign in 2007. We had one more day, not two great years for Spider-Man comic books, um and I, I had to cover those so now let's get into spider-man 3 joe all right so the, i was kevin uh kevin pollock had his own kevin pollock chat show and if you have a good chance i will recommend it and he had uh who plays J. jonah jameson uh oh jk simmons jk simmons i couldn't think of i almost blanked jk simmons one of the best character actors of all time and J.K. was on there, and he talked about, you would think that the man that gave them Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2, that you would have just, as the studio said, oh, boys, just bring that Brinks truck. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but it's almost this, bring that Brinks truck up here and just unload all the cash so we can make another billion dollars. Yeah. For some odd reason, they interfered the fuck out of Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I don't understand it. And they tried their best to shoehorn Venom into that movie and sam never wanted him and should have never let the fight down because he's not a fan of venom am i getting any of this wrong so far so good and my knowledge what we got is a movie that sam raimi finally if you listen uh i don't remember what do you guys remember if it was i think it was the nerdist two or three years ago where he came out and he did they weren't even picking on him he said or you can you know basically called spider-man three a piece of shit yeah, I mean, he's still, well, he's still himself. He's, he said it he, on Earth. He still apologizes to this day. I know, and that was his that was his huge zeal to make Spider Man Four. Was he wanted to make the ultimate Spider Man film? And he he had said before he could have been happy making Spider Man movies the rest of his yeah, life. I, yeah. I love Spider Man before he ever got the gig. Like superheroes, huge comic book geek. Sam Raimi would have loved to have kept making Spider-Man films for years to come. And let's face it, up until Spider-Man, a huge collection, a huge collection of Spider of, of Sam Raimi's films are comic book movies. They're just comic. Evil Dead, especially Army of Darkness, is a comic yeah. book film. Oh, Evil Dead Two is a comic book movie. Yeah, kind of is. Dark well, it's comic book three, dude. Yeah, but I mean, it's high. Yeah, it's yeah. I like scenes in Spider-Man Three and some of the goofy stuff. Um, Actually, I I don't know. My kid liked it. It's it is pretty bad. 
Yeah, honestly, everything. None, with of, the, the, none of the villains work. I don't even think Sandman you, works that great. You don't, don't think Sandman enough, works? Because they don't spend I, enough time on him. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, the they kid don't. that uh, 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 Thomas Hayden Church. Church. Thomas Hayden Church is a fine actor, it's but they phenomenal. do not, they do cast. not flesh that out at all. No. Because they, they don't, but what I'm saying. Damn Venom thing in. But see, that's the problem. And, and and I agree with you, but, you know, at the same time with Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman, the small parts that you see out of him. They're fine. That's that's their, their I, that's what I enjoyed. And that's what made me stay with the movie. But yeah, if you if you would have focused only on his character. And then you get the Harry Osborne shit doesn't work in the first act. Uh, all, trying to yeah. wrap all that up. The movie just isn't written. What it is. I not I'm not bitching because you and we've all said this to people and you've if you've listened to Bonehead for years, bitching about the screenwriter sometimes is about like saying that fucking key grip screwed this movie up. Yeah. They have very little say so. They have to go down alleys and waterways that people, mainly the studio, directors and producers, make them go. I understand some of them, but it's just not plotted out well. It's not thought through well. It's just kind of a mess of a movie. It, however, made almost a billion dollars. Made more than Spider-Man too. I read I still... this. I read this, and I think this is a fair. And this is from. Uh, let me see what the authors listed. Uh, Scott Campbell. Yeah. Uh, in in an article he wrote, uh, said this, and I was like, "That's it. That's that's a fair thing." Because this is another. It's another franchise I love, and it's a movie that I own. I own Spider-Man Three as well. As do and, I. And so. I, in some ways, I support it. I defend it. I watch it. I enjoy it. But Spider-Man Three is the equivalent of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I, I read that, and I was like, "That's about fair." That there's a ton of talent behind it. There's a ton of stuff there. There's a few things to like. But at the end of the day, is that what you signed up for? The thing <laughs> is, James, so. is I need to. I, you may be right. They may be right. But I haven't watched Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull since it came out. Yeah. Because I've seen scenes from it. If I could be flipping through TV. But to sit down and watch the whole movie, have not done it since we saw it. I, I have done that with Spider. I have actually watched Spider-Man 3 at least three, maybe four times. And still stuck with it. I have tried to watch Crystal Skull one extra time. And I only I fast forwarded through parts and then I just turned it off. I didn't even make it to the ending. I couldn't. I think I've it. seen. I've probably seen Kingdom of the Crystal Skull at least seven, eight times by now. I think. Oh, I don't. You're I, serious, James? I, Why, dude? I watch. I watch all the glutton for little Debbie's and punishment. Now I watch Indiana Jones all the time. Like I watch Indiana Jones. I mean, I but probably you have three movies to choose from. You don't have to go that way. <laughs> Dude, dude, Listen, but, don't judge I, other people's lifestyles, Chad. I was gonna say, didn't you watch Mystery Men today? Shut up, <laughs> Chad Karen Jennings. <laughs> now tell me how I don't understand your suffering. Now, why don't you use phrases business. like alternative lifestyle, Chad? Chad, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'm kind of with Chad on this, though. <laughs> no, I mean, but when I, I think need to about go back it, and rewatch read, the boys, I you read that Jones and the Crystal Skull doesn't have. What Tom fucking waits? Yeah, you know what it also though doesn't have a jazz number. Do you know what it does have? It should. It might have made it. 
fucking three minutes talking about uh, triple cross, cross, double cross, triple cross between two fine actors. Well, that's, uh, that's what I was saying. Gibberish. Oh, you all don't remember what I'm head. talking about. It's gibberish. There's, that's what I'm saying. Both of those. So stupid. Both you of had those bandits, films, Kate Blanchett, and you. Both of those. <laughs> really? Bandits? Okay. I'll, I'll give you credit. Uh, both of those films are like should like have been better than they were yes, and both of true. them are from fine franchises both of them had immense talent behind the from camera fine and filmmakers the camera. producers and writers yeah and and so yeah no and, so, and by the way i mean yeah and, and obviously like i said i've seen it seven or eight times i can't i i'm a fan of indiana jones it's I'll pretty much, even if the fifth one is Indiana Jones goes to McDonald's, I'll be like, well, it's Mac and me, but we'll go see it. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Spider-Man three, terrible. And, and like I said, it's fun, fun. and I hate that Sam Raimi still has to apologize for that. There's so much more Sam Raimi should, everybody so, should be focusing on of Sam Raimi because I, I again, I like Joe, for he's one of my favorite directors. He has, he has a whole catalog of amazing films and all people want to talk about is Spider-Man three. But now the, the thing I want to bring up is there was an edit that was released by the studio. And I didn't know this until recently. Uh, it was called the editor's cut. And it was actually released. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it differs from Sam Raimi's, I'm making sure I'm getting this correct. Um, it used alternative takes. I mean, most of the plot's basically the same. There are subtle changes to the score. They change the music to highlight different things. And then... Um, I don't see how they could have polished it any better. It goes darker. Like, he, he gets a little bit more darker. Now, they do that sudden walk by literally darkening the screen to show how he's going down the rabbit hole. Now, what allegedly exists, though Sam Raimi has not confirmed it exists, I blame Chad's hero, the Snyder Cut, for this. There are people that claim there's a Raimi cut of Spider-Man 3. Raimi has not. Matter of fact, Bonehead tweeted about this, and we had somebody respond about, you need to change that. This is already a hashtag. Um, but uh, release the Raimi cut, occasionally trends, that they allege Sony has one where he filmed a scene where Eddie Brock's body is brought back by the Sibiet. It's very much a horror movie, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And and released to Raimi Cut, if you search it on Twitter, you'll see they have alleged screenshots from it. But, and I immediately went, oh, I want to look this up. And now you can find where they were working on an animatronic for Venom and all that stuff, and Sam Raimi's in the scenes. But Sam Raimi has never actually confirmed he filmed enough. It seems to me, and I could be wrong. And by the way, if there is a Raimi cut, would I watch it? Yes, I would. Yeah. Uh, did I mention I've seen Crystal Skull seven or eight times? <laughs> um, but, uh, but it seems to me, from what I have seen that has been documented, it's all a screen test stuff where they were working at. Could we do this? Could we do that? It doesn't seem to be a complete ending of a movie that he had yeah. taken away from him. And honestly, I don't, seem to be that. I, that's one of those ones. I think we just need to let go. Uh, the fan, the, the fans need to let go. We have plenty of Spider-Man now. 
quit worrying about it. It's done. It's over. Let Sam Raimi live in peace, please. And let him continue to make amazing films. Even though Dr. Strange 2 was a little bit of a letdown. But yeah, I agree. It is a little bit of a letdown. Um, a so yeah, so that was than just a little do you, bit. Do you think, and this actually ties into our topic though, and I guess we'll get to it. Yeah. I, I wonder if it was a letdown because I had so much fun with Spider-Man before. I think no, I think it's a letdown because you nailed it. It's not enough. It's not it's enough rainy. Doctor Strange, which it's not enough Stranger, it's not enough Raimi. did a good job yeah. with, I think, and it's not enough yeah. Sam Raimi. It's a you've literally tried to shoehorn so many cameos into two and a two and a half hours. But I enjoyed a lot of the scenes in it, but overall the movie doesn't work very well. Yeah, there's like I said, there's only two scenes I enjoyed it, and those were those were the two scenes where I could see Sam Raimi. And, so, oh, well, and the and the brain busting, I did enjoy that. Where they do the thing. oh yeah the oh, black yeah. bolt thunderbolt yeah, yeah. The black yeah. bolt not thunderbolt thunderbolt yeah, is the team no that's one of the parts I liked yeah I did like that and then you get the scene with all the surprise cameos all right now so, so Amy <laughs> Pascal and Sam Raimi sit down for a meeting he'd already got wind that they were thinking about rebooting Spider Man and he basically said if you're thinking about it, I'll walk away and she said thank you so we didn't spend a bunch of money and they rebooted Spider Man with the but before. Before this, we got to go to 2011. Um, 2011, we have a debut um, in the Spider in the Marvel's Ultimate series. We get Miles Morales yeah. for the first time in 2011. Um, a biracial Spider-Man. Uh, he debuted in the fourth issue of Marvel's Ultimate Fallout comic book series. Um, which, when this was coming out, I'm like, why would you make another spider-man there's only peter parker and i think a lot of people might have thought that mm -hmm. but something like miles morales changed comic book co history for for the better well and, and it's really fascinating because i'm gonna go off on a nerd rant here for go for minute. it but it's really fascinating because now there is a huge love... before there is a huge population that consider him their spider-man and yeah. I love Peter Parker, and I love the fact the thing that Marvel has done well is that through the multiverse, through the Spider-Verse, through all this stuff, they have allowed all these characters to coexist in some way. And they have not even Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. I mean, I, I grew up reading that. Yeah, I grew up and, and they have kept all this and they have made it work. And one of the things, and I love this storyline, I know a lot of people hated it, but I love the clone storyline. I love Ben Riley. I love when they, you know, had this character of, listen, he's, he was Spider-Man's clone back in this 1970s storyline, but he's basically been in the shadows. And then there was concern, is he really Peter Parker and the other guy that we've been following not? And it could have went down that one day more storyline. And it did have a plot line where, Peter Parker's power started to fizzle out. I kind of like the movie. Why did I love that storyline? I love that storyline because, and now, by the way, Ben Riley's back, right? He became the Scarlet Spider, and then he died. He's back again. I love all of this because it works. And the reason it works is, just as Chad said, you can have your Spider-Man, whether it be Spider-Ham, whether it be, whether you're into Venom as a quote-unquote lethal protector, and that's what you like, that's still Spider-Man, right? It's a version of this character that's amped up in some way. 
And I think what really works with Miles Morales is what made me as a kid identify with 80, early 80s Peter Parker, right? It's this idea that Peter Parker wasn't suave. He wasn't. He was nervous. He was antsy. He was, and as he grew up, as even as a character, he got a little bit better. He got a little bit, okay, I'm Spider-Man. I can do this. I'll be okay. But he still had to deal with the real world. But he lost some of that angst. Miles Morales has the angst again. He has, am I good enough for this? Should I be doing this? I think that's why it worked for me. I think that's why you can have a thousand different quote-unquote Spider-Man characters. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's take the ride. That's, that's yeah, my... And in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, he's replaced Peter Parker. And that is phenomenal because I, has that ever been done? I mean, there's never, if you think of a mainstream comic hero, you think uh, of Captain America, which they have replaced Captain America a couple of times. Uh, but USA, still, I mean, it, it became it, the plot line for because yeah. U.S. agent took his place for a while. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I mean, that's but yeah, yeah, they've they've replaced Batman. They've replaced Clark. They've replaced Superman. They've replaced they've even replaced Wonder Woman. Yeah. But it always comes back to those characters. And Miles Morales is not. He is here to stay. And And yeah, we still have Peter Parker, but. Well, a of, in a lot of ways, we have Miles Morales, and he is not going anywhere. Well, and I think it's because, like I said, Miles Morales is the 80s Spider-Man today, right? Yeah. Because the problem with Peter Parker is Peter Parker's brilliant. Peter Parker's a scientist. Peter Parker, it's really hard. If you take 1960s Peter Parker, mm -hmm. he is not modern-day Peter Parker, which he shouldn't be. We're not, we've been following him 50 years at this right. point. He's, he's came into his own. But if you want that here's a kid effectively here's a teenager here's what he's dealing with and he's got his family and he's got all this stuff you need miles morales to continue yeah. that sort of story to, to, to tell those stories because spider-man is a scientist on the same level almost as tony stark and reed richards matter of fact i mean that he's been part of that he was part of the illuminati in the comics and all yeah. that stuff he he's it's really hard to make him, okay, but we want to tell a story about his angst now. You can't do it, so you need Miles. And no, I agree. Both, of, I, I want all those characters to exist. I love the fact that I think Into the Spider-Verse works so well for me. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one here soon. But yeah, because, it's, it's because my, it is. It yeah, is. It's, my, it's one of my, it's my second favorite Spider-Man film. Um, but something but, else happened in 2011, Chad. Go for it. And then I, we need, I, I missed something. I forgot to say something about 2008. So go ahead. Okay. 2011 saw just i mean an immense amount of talent get poured into um a, a production uh and that would be uh from the minds one of the minds behind across the universe that worked with both yoko ono and paul mccartney that'd be julie tamor hmm. and uh, glenn berger and all these people came together with U2's Bono and Edge, and we were going to get, and we did get, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark on Broadway. Now, Superman had had a Broadway show, what, back in the 70s, Chad? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. I think they actually aired it live on television as well, mm -hmm. too. At some point. I, I have the record over here somewhere. Yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he had a Broadway show. And so this was a huge, I mean, you had Bono and the Edge. However you feel about U2, that's you have rock star backing mm -hmm. this 
kept getting pushed back. Why? Because performers kept getting injured. Yeah. You had acrobats swinging all around your, your theater. You had all this stuff. It kept getting pushed back. Uh, it finally, finally premieres. It, and so the previews didn't get great ratings because they were basically having to use understudies because their primaries were injured. When it finally premieres, June 14, 2011, reviews are better than the preview reviews. They say, yeah, it's way better. Uh, the, the special effects are praised, all of that stuff. But this Broadway, to bring it to Broadway, they spent $75 million. Hmm. Um, for the first week, it broke Broadway records. It did sell almost $3 million in tickets in one week on Broadway, which is different than a movie house, right? Where you have 400 theaters, yeah. actually 4,000 some theaters, right? One theater, over $3 million broke records. It closed, however, on January 4th, 2014. Um, so it ran almost three years, which is I, most people forget it ran that long. I, it didn't, was, I didn't think it lasted six months. It was supposed to tour longer than six months. Uh, it was supposed to tour, uh, it, and, and it had huge budget overruns as they tried to work out other things. The weekly production budget averaged out to $1.3 million just to Jeez. put on the show. Um, Evan Rachel Wood and Alan Cumming played the Alan Cumming played the Green Goblin uh, as originally cast, uh, but um, both left before it actually premiered due to all the issues. That being said, can you imagine Alan Cumming as a Green Goblin? I want to see that now. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, but anyway, so uh, it's considered. Some people remember it as a a huge disappointment and and i mean it did end up losing money and all that stuff especially for all the stuff it had behind it uh sci-fi channel though sci-fi as it is known now was one of the biggest backers of it though they actually paid a lot of the thing and they originally uh there were contests where you win tickets to go see it but spider-man did have his own broadway show which met with several complications i believe you can still find the soundtrack though and the soundtrack was actually praised they said there were about two or three really good songs on it out of 17 but two or three <laughs> hey listen oklahoma has one that's right oklahoma fans come at me and i'm not even gonna tell you which one it is all right so, so uh well and we'll i'll we'll burn through this one part because i have never seen this um in 2008 uh, came what a lot of people consider the best version of Spider-Man in the animated form. The Spectacular Spider-Man premiered on the CW uh, Kids WB block uh, on Saturday morning. Um, uh, again, it lasted two seasons, and a lot of people consider this probably their definitive version of Spider-Man in animated form. They loved the, how the character was portrayed and the villains and the stories that it told. I never in terms of of my my geekdom that a lot of people consider that the best version of spider-man in animated form so that happened in 2008 i am sorry i glossed over that so what happens next joe well we get a new movie once again the reboot the damn thing again because god no one in america knew how spider-man became spider-man and we get andrew garfield as the new spider-man in a movie that i rewatched the other day and i still stand by it's not awful it's just kind of boring yeah, directed by Mark Webb from 500 Days of Summer. Summer, which is one of which one of the best romantic films I've ever seen. 
When yeah. People tell me I don't like romantic comedies. I was like, no, no, no. I like the movies. Uh, in fact, that's a one I will throw out. Five Hundred Days of Summer is a fantastic film. It is with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's one of the, one of our best actors. And I think Mark Wahlberg. I just think it's a boring movie. It's uh, the Amazing so, Spider-Man is a boring movie. And this is this is where I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. Um, I first off, boring film. I agree. Um, I Nobody's don't, bad in it. No. And I honestly think Andrew, I actually legitimately enjoy. So Toby Maguire got Peter Parker. Great. Some of the problems I have with Spider-Man is him as Spider-Man sometimes gets a little boring because he doesn't have that Spider-Man quip about him. Andrew that, Garfield that wasn't actually playing Spider-Man. Tom, keep yeah. going. Huh? Remember we had the, the Tim story. Oh yeah. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't actually in the Spider-Man suit. Well, I know, but it was him talking. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm being. Uh, but uh, Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, I legitimately enjoyed because he did have that smart ass about him, um, and that's something I think has been lacking in every single Spider Man except one that we're going to get. I don't even think Tom Holland got it. No, but um, I think Tom Holland's my favorite of the three actors. Um, you all see that Uncharted? No, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You should watch the series. Uh, I mean, don't don't go in expect. Every time my kid sees it, he says, "But that's Spider Man." Yeah, don't worry. He can pretend it's Spider Man without a suit. He'll have a good time with yeah, it. It'll be the same thing. So, uh, but no, I, I just I just like Andrew Garfield as Spider Man. The only problem is the movie's bored. I, yeah, it's, but you know the thing that Amazing Spider Man does right. If you're a diehard Spider Man fan, it is first and to my knowledge only spider-man movie that deals with his parents and who they were yeah it's the only one that Even actually sally field said she didn't want to do that movie i was gonna say sally fields has terrible things to say about doing that movie she yeah. did as a favor and hated it yeah she hated um, every minute of it. doing it so much uh she said there was nothing to do with that character the character was boring yeah it was boring yeah which it, it was they really didn't focus on her yeah, um, but honestly, are you going to focus on Aunt May in a Spider-Man film? No, Uncle. But Uncle, well, yeah, you kind of do a little bit in the in the in the ones we're going to talk about in a minute. Yeah, well, actually, I was going to say Uncle Ben Sam Raimi. Time. One of my favorite scenes in the Sam Raimi ones is where the Green Goblin, the first one, comes in on Aunt May and she's praying, and he does the finish it. Yeah, oh, shit. It scene and that that by the way that's a villainy moment it doesn't make any sense if you break it down but if you want to show somebody's a villain when they grab an old lady and make her finish saying a prayer that's a villain and i'm apologizing i'm blanking on who played aunt may in the first one her name i don't but, remember she but, was rosalind harris am i making that up it's also in sam raimi's the gift hey somebody have to look it up i, I just can't remember that being said in spider-man 2 when peter tells her he's responsible for uncle ben's death she doesn't say a word. She just gets up. Walks, walks upstairs. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and Sally Field didn't have that. And he, I'm sorry, Marissa Tomei didn't either. She's actually kind of fun too in the first one, especially is it, or no, it's, the, it's, it's she's also got a great sequence on the building with Doc Ock. Yeah. He's following and he's putting her here and she's talking shit to both of them. Oh yeah. It's great. We yeah, just don't no, have. I we've... think she's for the vintage Aunt May. She's the best. Yeah. Bar none. Um, but yeah, so Rosemary uh, Harris, Rosalind Harris is somebody completely different, different actress. It's Rosemary Harris. Thank you. Um, yeah, so she did a great job, and, and Sally Field just didn't. Yeah, just everything went wrong with Spider Man. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they made a sequel to it and made some money, and they made a oh sequel. my god, that has to be I, okay. What's worse, Spider the Amazing Spider Man Part Two 
or Spider-Man Part 3. I say Amazing Spider-Man Part 2. I honestly haven't been back to rewatch it. It's one that we haven't watched in my house with a kid. I just remember being completely... I thought it was completely unwatchable. I really did. I just... There was nothing that was... There's nothing that interested me in that whole film. What I, I this is the one I haven't rewatched for any of it. I, I I will admit, and I think part of it is I do view it as once I saw the new one, I always I do like Garfield in the role. I do, I too. do think there's something to that. I, as, and I think Chad's got a large part of it. Him quipping as Spider-Man, that entire thing in the first one where he's got a knife. Oh no, my one weakness. What am I gonna and he webs him to the wall, right? I mean mm. That is Spider-Man. That is a great Spider-Man scene. And I say all of that to say I have a huge soft spot for the amazing Spider-Man films because however you feel about them, they get so much of the comic right, or parts of the comic right, right? Like I said, the parents, his mm-hmm. parents not being, Peter Parker's parents, the reason he's a whiz kid, the reason all this, he didn't have normal parents. He wasn't brought up normal. The only normalcy he would have had if his parents lived would have been Aunt May and Uncle Ben, if things would have turned out differently, because his parents were freaks. (laughs) And, and, you know, they were were agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They were all this stuff, all this background that they had. I love the fact that finally got brought into a movie. You finally find out that his parents weren't. And and so I appreciate in both Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 2, there is a lot of, I guess the only way to say it is Easter eggs for if you're a diehard Spider-Man, you've read every spinoff, everything. Those may be your movies. In that they do work to acknowledge little throwaway things that you might. Now, does that make them work for the average moviegoer? No. <laughs> no, they, I mean, I, I get it. But there's parts of them I really, really do appreciate. The only other thing that I'll say that they got really, they did really well again, and it's all praise to Andrew Garfield and the fact that that man is one talented actor. The death of Gwen Stacy, seeing his complete utter devastation at her death was again spot on spider-man it's 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 it it was a it was a it was a great scene and but that's about all i can say positive about the amazing spider-man part two is the death of a girl (laughs) so it's it's it's, by the way star trek by the way it's kurtzman and orsi right i don't remember who have to look it up james it's kurtzman orsi and and pinkner there's three of them on it but kurtzman is one of the writers Okay. One screenplay writer. So, and Orsi, who used to write for Star Trek. Real quick, do you all have anything to say about Jamie Foxx and Electro? I just remembered I didn't care for him playing. Him I didn't care for him before he, before he became Electro. Yeah, I didn't care for him. I didn't care for him as Electro until No Way Home. I thought, oh, but that again, they completely reinvented and reinvented the character. Well, and I was about to say, and I think that was the problem with it is that Electro as a character. Never had a great backstory. And to me, I'll be honest, he's one of Spider-Man's least interesting. I know he's a classic villain, and he's been in Sinister Six and all that stuff. But to me, he's one of the least interesting villains. 
I, I love this. I, I loved his bit part in uh, the beginning of the new Avengers. Um, that's about the only thing I could say about Electro is the fact that he was the catalyst for all the villains escaping from um, the prison. And it was just him doing it for money. And then him going into the prison, let, letting them all go. And even though he's getting paid for it, he looks at all the bad guys, all these people who are far superior to him in every way, basically saying, you owe me one. I did this for you. And, and I'm like, that's that made Electro cool. But yeah, I agree with James. Electro is just a, is a hackney, just another villain who can control electricity. Um, but yeah, I, again, I just did not care for Jamie Foxx. I didn't care for anybody in that movie. I'm sorry. Well, the movie wasn't real well received. I don't even remember the Amazing Spider-Man being well received. And yeah. and out of the three people, no one made as much money as Tobey Maguire did off those Spider-Man movies. In fact, if you look up Andrew Garfield, he never even made a million dollars even for the sequel. That's crazy. Contract was so bad. And as much as I like Tom Holland, and he's done probably better, his money still isn't anywhere near <laughs> Toby McGuire. Toby yeah. McGuire made on, especially hey, that's all they had to do is you remember that they, back injury. I was going to say all they had to do is fake a back injury. That's that's all true. Yeah, it's all true. Yeah. So, I, again, I don't know. I, I'm sure I don't think he faked. Honestly, I didn't think he faked it. I think he's legitimately injured. But I know time. that that man made more money as Spider Man than the people that. who played Spider Man 20 years later. He played that up to get some more money. And, and kudos to him. Years later. Yeah. Chad, that's balls. That's yeah. Balls. So we move on to. We're going to jump right into Tom Holland. Yeah. And Tom Holland. I, I like him. I know you don't. Big, big, fan of homecoming but the first 20 minutes first 10 15 minutes of homecoming is perfection to me because we meet the villain first yeah we don't need it we know who spider-man is we introduced and we were told everything we need to know about the villain in the first five minutes yeah the second part is we have a recap and we do not get to see him bit by radioactive spider we don't have to deal with any of that shit because everybody knows who the fuck spider-man is yeah, they never touched it, and I I, I praise and them for not is, doing it. It is all first person with a video camera of him having to go to Europe when the in the Civil War movie coming back and his experience, and to me it just sets up everything we need to know about that. So I think that is brilliant as a screenwriter. I find right. that first twenty minutes exceptional of setting up the whole world. And here's going to be my main thing. And again, I know I'm going to. Uh, our few listeners and if any if anybody outside of us gets pissed off the listener I, will have to judge i just don't care for tom holland as spider-man why I, that's one of the reasons i could never get into it because he's not spider-man supposed to be this guy who knows what he's doing he's cocky he 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 he's he's just a smart ass tom holland was just a fanboy that's all his, his peter parker's a fanboy he he's just a kid and that's what i don't like about it um there's no he's there's miles no, morales yeah, basically. They made it Miles Morales because Miles Morales is obsessed with Spider-Man, right? I mean, he admires, he's not obsessed, but he admires Spider-Man. Yeah. And, I mean, a little bit more than me, but I, I think. And Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider but I mean. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I think he's just a nerd. Yeah, that's all he is. is a, he's a nerd. But he's just as nerdy. Kid. I like him that way. No, I was gonna say, it doesn't bother me because Peter Parker is supposed to be a nerd, but I understand what Chad's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Spider-Man is a character? Peter Parker is a character. The only other heroes that were out there that he would have been aware of, or that he was aware of, that we can point to in the comics, is the Fantastic Four. And see, and this is the problem. 
then this is why I've had a problem since. Again, I'm not a huge Superman fan, but that's why I've never been able to get in the Superman other than Christopher Reeve, because there was that disconnect. You had Clark Kent, bumbling reporter, who everybody just kind of looked down on. And then you had his alter ego, Superman, who was a god among men who couldn't who 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 had complete confidence peter parker nerd but when he put on the spider-man outfit he was he was a smart ass he's he's fighting the villains he he never he never doubts himself well he doubts himself all the time sorry he does he doubts himself but he, he doubts still, himself to himself but he never himself. says it out loud wow he's just constantly quipping at the villains tom holland spider-man doesn't do that tom holland is Peter Parker in a Spider-Man outfit. And that's why I, I can never, it never, I never really got into it. And I enjoy the reason why you need to rot the toilet fairy. I enjoy all the movies. I do, but I just couldn't get into it. And the fact that they made him like they turned Tony Stark into uncle Ben, that pissed me off too. Yeah. And I'm, I just, I just never could get into it. I just never could. It was, it was one of the dark spots. I think this might've been the downfall on me in comic book movies is when they just started going too far off the character's um, arc, archetype. Well, Dad prefers his Captain America that rides a motorcycle and has a clear shield, played by the son of J.D. Salinger. No questions asked. They don't mention Uncle Ben at all, do they? In the, no, not once. So the thing is, I get what you're saying, but as a person who doesn't have a ton of comic book knowledge, yeah, it works so well for the MCU universe. And I think that's why he's so popular. Is a lot of they don't have that comic book background that I do, and it's just it's people who but it works enjoy so movies well for that movie. Movie. yeah do you think by the way that and i say this half jokingly but i wonder if it's true do you think historians that are obsessed with lincoln watch the spielberg movie and get as angry as we do about comic films sometimes chad maybe i mean where they're like no 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 lincoln lincoln was a rebel and lincoln was a blah 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 he wasn't this figure well, so actually, i view it i view it because i think they actually did a lot of research <laughs> i think i think people but i'm sure there's people, somebody that has one piece yeah. of esoteria like no no he wore a size blah 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 shoe and that's obviously not a, yeah. i don't you know, I, so. I don't i don't i don't ever get to this level of fandom i just don't allow myself to but i view myself on how i view tom holland on how people view the last jedi it's a simple truth i just i just but again i enjoy all the spider-man films i enjoy the the avengers movies I just could never get into it. And, and it's because Spider-Man is one of my favorite characters. All right. Do you so, think, so, uh, uh, real quick, I just want to do a side. And note. another reason why I could never get into Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern too. Just, well, that movie sucks. The movie but, sucks. Uh, do you think, but but in all fairness, it stuck, as far as having multiple Green Lanterns, it stuck really well to the comic. I have to give, that's the one thing I'll give that movie. It didn't just say, no, he's the only Green Lantern, which is what they had it used to have a horrible issue of. Yeah. Like, no, we're not going to acknowledge all these other Green Lanterns. But anyway. It wasn't done well, but they not anyway. Yeah. But uh, Chad, I understand what you're saying, and I agree to a point. And I was thinking though, and I know we're talking Spider-Man here, but it made me think about the Rocketeer because I love the Rocketeer. Dana got me the complete Dave Stevens who created the Rocketeer Rocketeer book. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if you've only seen the Disney movie, um, you don't know the Rocketeer. I mean, and I love the Disney movie. The Rocketeer though, originally he's dating effectively betty page a pinup girl right and for the tv show or for the movie they made her into 
Jennifer Connelly. Now, I would have liked to watch Jennifer Connelly play the pinup girl, but anyway, neither here nor there. Um, but getting to your point, Chad, the reason I bring this up is I find it really interesting because I was reading it and I knew that before I ever read it because I love that character. But when I read the complete everything Dave Stevens wrote, which sadly he passed away very young uh, of cancer. Uh, but when I read his, I actually went, you know what? I actually love both of these things. Like, I love the more, because the basic story is the same. The only thing is there's a character, there is, um, there's a character that you never get the name of. Um, and you, I love it because you can tell Dave Stevens probably, I, he, he may not, have, it may have never even asked for the rights where there's a shadowy figure that keeps advising the Rocketeer. And in the movie, they combine that figure with, um, oh, shoot, what's his name? Alan Arkin. Yeah, uh, no, no, uh, the, 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 the um, Howard Hughes, played by the guy from Lost. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, Again, anyway, Terry, oh, Terry, uh, Terry, Terry McQuinn. Terry McQuinn. Yeah. Uh, they combine him with this other figure, and that's, so it's all Howard Hughes in the movie. This other shadowy figure that helps him, though, Chad, you, they never say his name. They never reveal it is. But at one point, um, he, he looks at, uh, the Rocketeer looks at him and be like, uh, how will you know if I follow through on this? And the shadowy figure's response is, I'll know. And <laughs> then he pulls a scarf around his face and walks away. Oh, and I'm like, shadow. oh, my God, that's perfect because the timeline works. Everything works with that. That being said, I was sitting there and Dana said, oh, did you, did you really? And I said, I love it. But it also doesn't take anything away from my enjoyment of the Disney movie. Like yeah. both of those are perfectly fine with me. I think that's where I am at with Tom Holland. Cause I get what you're saying. Absolutely. It demolishes things that I love about this, about the Spider-Man comic. And as long as they don't take away, I'm going to pull Stephen King. As long as they don't take away my books. Yeah. I think I'll be okay with it. Well, we'll and, and, and I will say this. And again, I enjoy the Spider-Man films. I enjoy all three Spider-Man films, but here's why I enjoy this, the Spider-Man films. Michael Keaton as the Vulture, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, and every single person who played a villain in No Way Home. But those are what those were what made the movie for me. But doesn't No Way Home help you with it as far as the multiverse and that they're? I mean, basically doing what the comics have been doing for decades. Yeah, ago. I mean, no, again, I don't, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. And honestly, I got a little excited um, when it in the way that it ended with it retconning and oh he's he's down on his luck he doesn't have the the tech yeah and he's sewing his own uniform and the this the uniform the brief glimpses of it i liked it more than than the the, the than all the uniforms we saw in part because they made him a, they, again i know it's pulling from the comic books they gave him an, an iron man the iron spider the iron spider armor yeah and all in all of his in all in all of in all of the the three spider-man films um but no i just I just it, I had a hard time getting into it. Other than, but again, I, I got involved when Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton picked. I thought Michael Keaton, other than like Joe said, that opening sequence, Michael Keaton made that movie for me. And then Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, again, Mysterio really one. He's really he's saying he's so swarming. Smart. Yeah, and and I love Mysterio as as a villain. And then and then like I said, they made Jamie Foxx interesting. Alfred Molina. Uh, is Doc Ock? They gave him further advancement, which I didn't think they could do from Sam Raimi's. And William Defoe killed it. 
I yeah. mean, I, he, he was amazing. And also too, the, the, uh, again, I said this in the, the previous episode, I thought the, the way they made Green Goblin look superseded what the Power Ranger outfit. Yeah, of course. Of course. Absolutely. So, so here as a fan of the movies who didn't watch the, who didn't read the books, this is what I love about these movies made by John Watts. Uh, first of all, kudos. He's another filmmaker, low-budget filmmaker, who made a really entertaining movie called Cop oh, Cars. It's really good. Kids, if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's about 90 minutes, and it's a lot of fun, and it's kind of deep and dark. But I, those movies are fun. Yeah, They're they the are. opposite of the, event, the Amazing Spider-Man, too. The two... Yeah. Spider film films so they're lighthearted. there are jokes throughout them there's things that i can quote throughout them my kid loves them i like them i mean i i have to watch them a lot because of the kid i wouldn't necessarily do that but that i don't mind them and i will still giggle at things you say penis i say parker penis parker penis parker right things like that i mean there's just so many great lines through all of them i even like marissa tomei and the new version of aunt may and i like that she's not some just old woman taking care oh, of oh no i yeah i like marissa tomei yeah no again i i, I feel like really I, good I, and i i the, i enjoy those movies i am sorry if i'm i'm not crap no on i know it's no i just i, I just didn't care for tom holland yeah I, no it's just my perspective of someone who doesn't come with all the baggage yeah so much baggage like you know, <laughs> all the baggage of it who can just it's from the goes oh these are fun they're watch me turn this baggage around you know what's a really easy movie to watch if you know nothing about the source material chad you ever hear about that dark tower like, movie oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm still so you james, james the problem is is he can't get on board either with what you yeah, no, oh i know uh, it uh, only works that that can't get on board i waited for years for the dark tower i just every, i was with joe every single time we, and then me and joe got to the point of we'll see what happens and then that happened and they still it still never got I, I, again i can think of five times in movie history where i've been legitimately another pissed. time another time with phenomenal talent all around it yeah the director sucks and they didn't yeah. have that script right i just hate the fact that the the majority of, of times where i've been absolutely pissed watching a movie and three of them are comic book movies. <laughs> yeah, and Matthew McConaughey is phoning it in. I, I don't know if he's phoning in or just didn't understand the material. Right. I don't know. Stephen Miller helped us with a little, helped me understand that a little bit more. Remember what he's talking about? He's like, you know, some of these, I don't know that these actors are phoning it in as much as they didn't have time to understand the character of the material. Right. No. That Real quick, Chad, for the sake really of our audience. Yeah, it's like, oh, well. Yeah. Go ahead. For the sake of our audience, Chad, what are the three comic book movies that peeved you okay. off the most? Um, so Joe was with me when I saw Superman Returns. So I, boring. I was so, so damn boring. boring. It's and I was pissed about the, I was pissed about the kid. I was pissed. Um, Green Lantern. That's just a bad movie. Uh, it was, but again, when your favorite comic book hero is Green Lantern, you wait years for a Green Lantern film, and that's what you got. Oh, I was pissed. Movie. And it was and just that's another weird. that's another example where the director came out later and apologized. Martin yeah, that I he had shouldn't have done it. Make yeah. it, and he shouldn't have. Green Martin Campbell's a great director. Shouldn't have done that movie. Uh, Justice League. Even the uh, eighteen-hour black and white shit sucks. Oh no, yeah, it sucks. But no, Justice League. I I I, I was literally in a movie. I was in a movie theater with two other people, and I don't know what one made me want to walk out more. 
that or the fact that they were talking the whole time. Either way, it was a perfect storm of I wanted to rip somebody's throat out. Um, the Dark Tower part was number four. I was so pissed. And then number five, why am I blanking on number five? Batman and Robin? No, I, I, I didn't care for I, I, I didn't, I didn't care, care for Batman and Robin, but there were scenes in it that I enjoyed. I haven't watched it in years. Um oh man, what was it in part five? What was number five? What was number five? I'll have to think about it. I can't I'm, no, I'm I, oh I just was given our topic, I was really interested because mine one of mine, and I love the character and it's comic i know we're talking spider-man but a lot of these want to exist a lot of these comic films want to exist i mean i always give credit blade made people realize they could make money but then spider-man came out and people just started going let's cash some checks yeah and a lot of stuff got greenlit and one that again just blows my mind actually um oh the, the sixth sense the sixth sense pissed me off that's the other oh, one. Okay, but that's because well, I, but that's because i knew the ending Mr. Is it uh, is it Jimmy Palmati Palmetti, uh, the comic guy? He posted this the other day, and it brought back all the terror for me because he told this story, and I'm like, now I'm even more upset. And by the way, I didn't. Oh, sorry. Six Army of Dead. Oh, uh, well, that's that's I consider that a Netflix. That's not a movie. That's a Netflix thing. That's a piece of shit. Is what um, that is. Uh, uh, Jonah Hex is on my list that's why i was gonna see because jonah hex and jimmy palmati palmati i hate i hope i hate mispronouncing names i apologize but he did they would they sold right before that movie came out he had done one of the supernatural and they did the trade paperback version of it it's out of print now because that movie came back and like the major the the companies that have huge amounts of power in publishing the booksellers barnes and noble and amazon said uh after that movie these aren't going to sell and return them and so dc went all right they're out of print we're not doing this and yeah. just and so he was like my stories aren't out there in the trade paperback you have to go back and buy the and i was like i want to read those stories and i can't because of that movie yeah. and by the way the problem with jonah hex once again i i'll defend the cast i'll defend everything else uh they wild, went, wild west well, they shoehorned in a love interest with Megan Fox, and that's not Megan Fox's fault. I'm not attacking Megan Fox. Oh, all right, she sucks. <laughs> but what? there's no reason. There's nothing in that storyline that needed that, and it's like we got to have a woman in it. Well, you left out the worst one. We saw it together at a dollar theater. I wanted. Oh, Dylan Dog. Bill and Dog. Dylan. Dog. Dylan Dog didn't bother me. Watchable. Oh man, I'm a. I've read the comics, and you want to talk about I somebody? Read shit, Chad, and it sucked. I read. No, the I'm not comics. saying that it didn't suck, but it didn't. It didn't piss me off. And Jonah, Jonah Hex didn't piss me off because I knew it was going to suck going in. But you have. Uh, how do you take the? Nope. You got to read your source material. And Dude, I'll give no, you. I'll give Jonah you. Jonah Hex is one of my favorite characters of all time. I'll give you a buy on Jonah Hex because you can write a Western Jonah Hex, you can write a supernatural Jonah Hex, and they somehow you can write a science at, fiction Jonah Hex. Yeah. And they somehow looked at all that and went, no, yeah, we no. ain't doing none of this. <laughs> but anyway, back to Spider. Spider Man, yeah. So we got we got to talk about what may be the considered one of the best superhero movies of all time. Oh, I love it, man. I, I love it. okay. So it's, I like it. It's interesting. It's different. I finally showed it to my kid. He liked it. But why do you all think it's the best, one of the best superhero films of all time? Because it has characters I love in it. I actually I saw on. Um, 
my Facebook. Better the second time I watched it, by the way. The first time uh, I watched it, it's 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 one of the more beautiful films I've ever seen in terms of colors and and editing and 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 just the style. God, when it's so beautiful. I saw the trailer, I literally went, mm, "I'll watch it. It'll be like Batman: Mask of the Phantasm." Right, and I love Batman Mask, and a lot of people now say Batman Mask of the Phantasm didn't get the credit it deserves, and I actually agree with that statement. Oh, completely. That being said, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, mm, "We'll see." I wanted to see it, but I was like, "I hope it's a, a marginal hit." I did not think it would take off as well, and that's not me being critical of it. I was just like, mm, "A lot of people aren't going to get it. A lot of people aren't going to get it uh, because they don't know Spider Hand. They don't know." So Spider I went in noir. Spider-Man noir. Yeah, I went in so hopeful for it and I just had a blast with it. I and and, and I think everything about it works for me and to be honest, I just full transparency, I never thought in my wildest dreams even in a cameo that Spider-Man 2099 would be a character I'd ever get to see on screen. And we interviewed Peter David. And I talked about that. That's that was growing up when the 2099 launched. That's one of the only series that I have every appearance of a character from. Because I 2099 Unlimited I bought because it might have a Spider-Man 2099 story. I love that character. I love how Peter David wrote it. I loved everything about it. They've now there's a there's a, they did a second series. I do not have all of that because I had some issues and I couldn't run to the comic book store. But I'm going to pick those up as well. And when I when I saw that movie, and it takes all this stuff that if you're a comic book geek. Like I knew there was a Japanese Spider-Man that you know what that was a robot, and it was basically a Power Rangers thing before even Power Rangers. I knew all of that, and to see somebody not only somehow get this made into a film, but then get it made into a film that people wanted to see, and it's got great voice talent in it. I mean, you've got Lee Schreiber, you've got Nicolas Cage, you. John Mulaney, John Mulaney, Lily Tomlin, Lily Tomlin is Aunt yeah. May. By the way, oh my God, what great casting to have Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. Yeah, I would have watched that as a live action version. I would say, and also Jake Johnson is that the right, James? Yeah, Jake yep. Johnson as Spider Man, I think is one of the most brilliant casting choices ever. But also, too, the other reason why James mentioned all that, but also too why Spider Man into the Spider Verse is great is the story arc of Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man. It's not just, I have these powers, great. He struggles with them from the beginning of the movie all the way to the end. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't think he's ever going to be Spider-Man. He, he, he didn't ask for these powers. And, and, and we watching get... his world crumble around him, and he's just, and, and again, him overcoming that to become Spider-Man. And that whole scene where he, he's falling upwards, it's a beautiful scene. It is. Well, and we get, we get the death of Peter Parker. Yeah. I mean, which is from the ultimate storyline. Peter Parker dies in the ultimate universe. Now we're in a fused universe, we, whatever. But when that happened in the comic books and people came out and said, no, Peter Parker's dead. Miles Morales, Miles Morales is taking over in the ultimate universe. I mean, even though it was a separate universe, as Chad alluded to earlier, people were shocked. Yeah. And so I wondered when they said they were doing this movie, I'm like, are they going to kill Peter Parker on screen? 
And they did. And then we get what my wife lovingly refers to as dad bod Peter Parker from oh, our it. universe. And it's it's perfect because that shows the evolution that I did grow up with, right? I did start reading Spider-Man old issues where he wore glasses still and where he was a computer geek. And by the time I quit reading Spider-Man every month, about the time I was 20, you know, he was, it was starting to be a little bit like, oh, he's he's now no longer that geek. And so to be able to see that play out on film and still see the death of Peter Parker and he's blonde and all that, it was, it worked really well for me. It, it, yeah. it, it just hit me. And so yeah, I uh, it's, I, I, again, I think in terms of storytelling, I think it's a perfect, it's, it's one of those, especially in comic book for it's classic. It's, it's a perfect film, especially when you look at comic book films, because a lot of comic book films don't do that. They rush through that part other than the dark Knight, um, affinity wars and an end game. They don't do that. They take the time to tell the story and get yourself involved in those characters where a lot of comic book character movies don't do that so yeah uh, again that's why spider i think spider-man into the spider-verse um if it's it does not compete if it doesn't compete for the best spider-man film or one of the best com if not the best comic book movie of all time it should be right up there with the dark knight and and the screen a story was by phil lord i mean and and that gave me new did respect chris miller did he co-write that or was it just Phil Lord? I think it's just Phil Lord. Okay. Uh, it's Phil Lord. Uh, the story is by Phil Lord, and the screenplay and story is by. Let me make sure I'm getting this right real quick. I don't want to get it wrong. It's uh, but the story's by Phil Lord, and then the screen. And of course, I say that, and I accidentally hit the wrong button, and it goes off my screen. Um, so screenplay or story by Phil Lord, screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Okay. Yeah, so I, I just I just think it's a good I think it's a great film, and then also too we uh, we we got to talk about the sequel that comes out this year, yeah, and the fact that they revealed that the villain is the Spot, which who would have ever thought Spider Man would go that way that the villain was going to be the Spot? I'm I'm just I'm just amazed. I don't know what the Spot is, James. You want to explain I'm the Spot? Out, out, damn Spot! No, go ahead, Chad. We probably need to make it fairly quick. Yeah, yeah. The, it's, the spot is a is a man who who uh, is uh, in the comic books. He he's in a science experiment gone wrong, and his body basically gets covered by these black spots all over. And each spot is a portal into a different universe. Mm, yeah, basically. Um, and it is it is it's an amazing story. It's an amazing character to put as your main villain. It's one of those throwaways that you would never. It's like Kite Man. You know, <laughs> who would think? the spot would be their villain. I'm, I'm really excited to see where they're going to go. And so that's Spider-Man across the universe. And that's, and I think, I think there's a trailer coming out. I just refuse to watch it because I just want to see the movie. But then we get Spider-Man beyond the Spider-Verse is supposed to come out in 2024. Um, so, you know, and I think we're going to, I mean, allegedly we're getting three more Tom Holland movies. Is that right? Um, allegedly, and Andrew Garfield allegedly has signed on to play more Spider-Man as well. And I don't, yeah. we, they, they haven't even announced the director because I don't, John Watts is not going to do no, it. No, he's also not going to direct the Fantastic Four. Like, which honestly, I'm kind of grateful for because I mean, we've seen John Watts' superhero films. I don't want to keep seeing them happen. I, it's kind of like Sam Raimi. I want to see Sam Raimi films, but I don't want to see Sam Raimi do super. I don't want to see him do, I, I don't. I, I, a lot of me wonders if he just wanted to say fuck you to Avi Arad and Sony. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. 
and and it did almost make a billion dollars and and he was in a little bit of director jail i would imagine the last 10 years with the uh, wizard of oz and wizard of oz movie didn't perform as well as they wanted it to but yeah so i i think uh, as we've now done three episodes about this so we're almost to stephen king level territory here um but you know i think oh by the, the way we didn't even talk about the playstation 4 spider-man game which again phenomenal well i was about to say and and real quick we talked about this weekend but so i was going to it's actually a great segue so um as you all know, and the audience doesn't know, but my son has been obsessed with doing a bonehead. He actually pitched me tonight. He wants to come on and talk about the four Marvel PlayStation 4 games being Spider-Man, Miles, uh, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Avengers game, all on PS4, which he has played to death. All right, well, then me and Joe will have to come over to your house and play these games so we yeah, actually have some frame of reference. Yeah, yeah no, that's fine. <laughs> That's fine, but that FYI, and I am Ro- I am Rocket. If any of you try to take Rocket from me, I will Rocket's stab you. Rocket's not a playable heart. character. You play as son Peter Quill. You play as Star Lord. Then tell your and, son to go to hell. We're not doing this episode. <laughs> and you coordinate. You coordinate. No, but anyway, so that's a great point, though, because I think these characters, because that's the other thing that is important, and and I don't want to spoil what may end up being a future episode, but that's its own universe as well, right? The Spider Man in the video games and the miles morales in the video games exist in their own universe and um you know harry osborne has a disease and he's away getting treatment and spoiler he they're trying to use this alien symbiote not a symbiote to cure him we know where this is going right yeah, yeah. but it's his own universe and i'll be honest even as a diehard spider-man fan i'm like i want to know what's going to happen this is a great storyline and and it tells the story of Feast, which is from the comics and all that stuff. But anyway, so I, I have a feeling, folks, we're going to be seeing more and more Spider-Man because you have a feeling because it makes a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. it's Spider-Man at its least now, if successful. Only can, if only we can get a if only we can get a the question movie. <laughs> I'm still I'm that's still holding, the question. I'm still holding out hope. But no, so I, even Spider-Man at its least successful made money. Yeah, I think we're going to keep. I mean, there's no reason that we would not. I hope they keep the quality. Up. I hope yeah. they keep us entertained. That's what I hope. I love Spider Man. I'll I'll be there in the audience. As will I. All right, guys. This has been our 42 part episode of Spider Man into the Bonehead. First. Not as many as we did a Stephen Flipping King. Well, That's right. wasn't a knock. This was my idea to do Spider Man. No, I know. I wasn't you knocking you. I'm not knocking Stephen fuck. King. I'm not knocking Stephen King. I think he's a he's a great author. Uh, I'm I wish sure we could. Oh, that's okay. Four hours for you to talk. We'll we'll, we'll do we'll do our next and uh, tune in when we do our five part on Children of Men. Oh God. Guessing <laughs> <laughs> Children of Men came out the same year as Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> last good year for cinema oh my god that was it they didn't make nothing after that no no that was the last year of cinema that that was the last year of cinema now it's just movies go ahead and use that use that line this has been bonehead
Brrrr.